All right, all right. What's up, everybody? It's a special day. Today is my first official podcast of Zay TV, The Ratchet Hour. And today we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about some political stuff. We're going to talk about some hip-hop stuff, some Jay-Z news, some Nicki Minaj. We're going to get into how the summer went. And yeah, this is the first episode, and we're going to start this off right with some good energy, some great vibes. Summer is officially over. And it was epic. It was everything a summer should have been. This summer was the hot girl summer slash the city girl summer, city boy summer. Out of this energy, this summer was about get your money, stack your bread up, spend the other person's money, don't spend your money. And basically, it was a war between the city boys and the city girls. And everybody was going for each other's throat. They was going for the juggler, trying to get bags, trying to get coats. I had girls out here saying some crazy stuff boys out here trying to match energy and i'm not gonna lie if it was a war i'm definitely gonna give it to the ladies on this one the ladies won this summer they took over and they wasn't playing no games this summer it was a lot of stuff going on and a lot of female artists female hip-hop artists were flourishing and collaborating this year it seemed like in the beginning of the summer you couldn't escape the city girls the city girls was everywhere so this summer you had the city girls with a smash hit act up and basically act up was from that song came from Miami, it was in New York, it was in Atlanta, it was in Chicago, and everybody knew the words. Once you was in the club and you heard real, uh, mm, 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 it was just like, you started shaking. Like, once I hear that song, I can't stop moving. Like, I just do a little bop, you know, a little here and there, a little one-two step. Then you had Megan Thee Stallion come out, and once Megan Thee Stallion came out, everybody was a hot girl, everybody had some cowboy boots, a little hat. I think Megan really took over for the ladies this summer. And a lot of things that we seen this summer was really like hip-hop, women in hip-hop collaborating and making songs together. You had Cardi and the City Girls come out with Twerk, and then you had Megan and Nicki come out with Hot Girl Summer at the end of the summer. And I feel like that was a good thing to see because in hip-hop, people largely focus on females beefing with each other and being combative. It was nice to actually see females get along and make some fire music. And I really enjoyed the Megan, the Megan and Nicki collab. Well, Megan, Nicki, and Ty Dolla Sign. A lot of people forget that Ty Dolla Sign is actually on the song. And he killed that hook. And I actually enjoyed it. And I felt like this was like a good thing. Like, it's a good song. Like, I hear it, I get happy, start dancing. And they actually sampled the City Girls act up. So it was like a full circle moment, a good way to end the summer. You know what else took over the summer? Popeyes. It sounds crazy, but Popeyes put out a chicken sandwich that had everybody acting up in these streets. They had celebrities going in Popeyes waiting online. They had people fighting the workers. Like, people was just running up on the poor workers in Popeyes, and I ain't have time for none of the shenanigans. So I feel like I'm the only one who didn't actually try the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Like, I feel like I missed out on the movement, and as soon as they get it back, I'm going to try it because... I don't like feeling left out. I feel like I feel like it's like Twilight. Like I'm one of them people who didn't watch Twilight because I didn't like that everybody liked it and I didn't really get into the Harry Potter. And I hate missing movements. Like my heart is broken and I gotta get this chicken sandwich. So if you work at Popeyes or you around Popeyes, I need this chicken sandwich. Like find me the chicken sandwich. I wanna be a part of it. So my next segment is called Love is in the Air. So basically since summer is over, everybody has just been coming out in their new relationships. And it's just a good feeling. Everybody's trying to find their boo for this cuddle weather. 
And let's start off with our girl Jeannie Mai from The Real. Her and Young Jeezy finally came out publicly that they're in a relationship. And I just love it. Like, I always love Jeannie Mai. She always said on The Real that she had a crush on Young Jeezy and that if she wasn't married, she would get with Jeezy. And she's officially divorced and her and Jeezy are together. And I just love this vibe from them. They seem like they really, like, know each other and that they really love each other. And I'm down for it and I'm happy. And she just, I love Jeannie. She always seemed like a real one. And Jeezy, we already know who Jeezy is. And I feel like they complement each other. And I'm down for it. And if we're coming up with couple names, we're going to call them Jeans. So my next couple that I want to talk about is Summer Walker and London on the track. If you don't know who Summer Walker is, Summer Walker is an R&B singer who just recently came out. And she has a song called Girls Need Love 2. And she also did a remix with Drake. She has a couple of mixtapes out, a couple of songs out, and I really enjoy her music. And she has apparently started dating super producer London on the track. You may not know who London on the track is, but he has produced some of the biggest hits over the past three to four years. And basically, I, I actually like their relationship. Like, they look like they get along well. They look like they was friends first. And I feel like this relationship is mutually beneficial to both of them. Not only because, one, they're going to find love, and hopefully they're in love already, but two, they're both celebrities who, like, have accomplished a lot, but most people don't really know what either one of them look like. Like, you have London, who's a producer, so he's not really in the front, and Summer Walker is really new in the um, industry, and them getting together is, like, good because now people are seeing them, blogs are posting them, they're getting visible, like, they're now visible, and they're having fun, like, I really like their vibe. They look like they would be best friends even if they weren't in a relationship. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. So the next relationship that everybody keeps talking about is Diddy is officially dating Steve Harvey's stepdaughter, Lori Harvey. And everyone is so concerned because Lori Harvey, she was playing the field in the summer. Like she was dating around a lot. And one of the people that she happened to date was Diddy's son. And people are just pointing out that she used to date Diddy's son. And there's a big age difference between the two. But, and everyone is saying that Steve has a problem with them two dating. And that's not the truth. Like, Steve actually is good with them two dating. And I feel like he is, like he's actually happy that she's found somebody with money. Because when Kiki Palmer was on his show... He talked about how he wanted her to date someone older and someone that had money so they could create black generational wealth. And Steve was spotted with the two and they actually seem like they're getting along and enjoying each other's company. Like they went on dates and they, she was recently seen with Diddy and he was rubbing her belly and it was a bunch of rumors saying, oh, she's pregnant with by Diddy and they're gonna have a baby. But she shut down the rumors and she posted the pictures. And if Lori's happy and her dad is happy, I'm here for her dating P. Diddy. And just be smarter than Cassie is all I got to say. And enjoy and have fun. Live your life. Who am I to tell you who to date and who not to date? And then you have my girl Kalani Tsunami, the new mom. She has officially announced her relationship with the Compton rapper YG. And they came out together at New York Fashion Week. And everyone's loving it, but I'm loving this the most because they both make great music. They both tat it as fuck. And it's just going to be a great vibe. I just know that they're going to make some great music together. And I'm loving it. And just be on the lookout for them. Look out for the collab because it's going to happen. I know it for sure. 
And I feel like this is a real relationship. I don't feel like this is a PR stunt. And I'm loving all this. I'm loving love, and I'm here for everything. So my next section of my show is called Late to the Club Love. And basically, when you late to the club, love, that means you are late on finding out about how lit something is or how lit someone is. And basically, I was late to the club, love. Like, no one told me how lit Chance the Rapper is. He released his first official debut album titled The Big Day. And in this album, he's rapping about love, marriage, and fatherhood and how he had social anxiety as a child growing up. So basically, and... In him, one of his songs, he talked about how when he used to be in class, he used to hide in the back of the class or act like he had developmental issues and just didn't talk in the class because he didn't want the teacher to pick him and he didn't want attention, which is crazy because now he's a rapper and he's getting a lot of attention. But he basically talked about how he would hide himself and make himself smaller so people wouldn't see him. And what I enjoyed about the album, because I listened to the album from start to finish, is... It's a fresh, cool, new perspective of a rapper from a rapper. Like, he's not talking about the typical rapping things about getting money, buying jets and hoes and stuff like that. He's talking about monogamy, family. And I just feel like that's cool. Like, we get to see another side of the rap coin. We get to see someone talking about productive things and realistic things. And it's just dope. And I was surprised that this is his first album because he did come out with um, the acid rap. He did produce songs for Kanye. He did a lot in his game. He's been in the rap game for years on years. And he released many of projects, but this is his first official one. Then on this album, there's a couple of features from a lot of big artists. And I feel like every feature on his album makes sense. He has features from artists like Nicki Minaj, Little Dirk, SWV, and Vogue. Megan Thee Stallion, Little Baby, and social media comedian Pretty V. I love her. She's funny as hell. And what I liked about it is that he even showcased some of these artists' strong points. Like on on Zanies and Fools, he have a strong Nicki verse. On um, Slide Around, I'm actually I never really like gotten into Little Dirk's music, but from hearing his verse on Slide Around. It made me actually listen to more Little Dirk because he snapped in that song. He really went off, and I enjoyed the I enjoyed the song from Chance verse to Nicki verse to Dirk's verse. And if you're gonna listen to his song, he has a couple of. If you're gonna listen to his album, he has a couple of standout tracks, like Zanies and Fools. I love that. That's my favorite song of the album. He has Slide Around, which is also a great song. He has Single No More, which is like. A upbeat, fun song. It's a comedic song, but it's also very like R&B, 90s flair. It has that um, house music flair to it. And then he has um, his song Handsome with Megan Thee Stallion, which is more laid back, melodic, chill, very hip hop song. And I just feel like I was late to the club, love. And I'm actually enjoying Chance the Rapper. And I'm loving the album. And I feel like everybody should get into it. And Support Chance the Rapper and yeah, the big day is out now. Streaming on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to music is on YouTube. Wherever you listen to music, get that joint. It's a good joint and check out Chance the Rapper. Don't be late like me. Get into it. Get into it. So my next topic on ZTV's The Ratchet Hour is titled Political Poison. So what I wanted to bring to my show, although my show is about hip hop, I wanted to educate younger people on politics because at the end of the day we got to stay involved and we got to stay in tune to what's going on in politics because 
These are the people that's making decisions that affect our lives. So right now, what's going on is the Democratic debate. They basically trying to find an opponent for Donald Trump to see who's going to run against them in the 2020 election. And basically, they're, they're shortening the herd. Like, they're getting it down to the nitty-gritty, to the real candidates. And in this next election, basically what had happened was they they cutting down on candidates, getting into a smaller pool of candidates. And one of my favorite candidates, Marianne Wilkinson, she has been cut off. I liked her because she was funny. She was a good vibe. And she was what we need in politics. Right now, politics is very divisive, very evil, very one-sided. And I felt like she brought a happy energy to politics. But I knew she wasn't going to win. But it was just fun to see her in the debates and see her talk about health care and things like that. And I really enjoyed her while she was here. And... Right now, I got a few favorites in this the um in this little debates and stuff that's going on. One of my favorites is Cory Booker. I feel like he's fun, he's lighthearted, and I feel like he's looking out for not only the people in the community. I feel like he's trying to stop um guns being so easily like the accessibility to guns. He's trying to fight that, and I feel like that's very important, especially coming from where I come from. I feel like it's too easy for people to get guns, and I feel like if he gets elected, he could stop a lot of the shootings in the neighborhood. I feel like he could stop a lot of the school shootings, and that's really one of his main focuses, and I can respect that as a young person growing up in the hood. I also really like Bernie Sanders because Bernie started this whole wave of young people getting into politics, and Bernie has been marching with black people since it was uncool to march with black people. There's pictures of him marching with Dr. King. And Bernie, he's just like, he believes that the youth is our future. He knows that college is expensive. He doesn't want to charge us. He wants college to be free to all students. And Bernie grew up in one of, Bernie grew up in Brownsville. He grew up in Howard Projects. And I could respect that. Like Bernie knows, although he's white and he knows what like black people go through. He knows what struggling feels like. And he can relate to everybody, and that's what I respect about Bernie. I feel like a lot of people always saying, oh, but Bernie Sanders is too old. Oh, but he lost to Donald Trump the first time. Yeah, he may have lost. Yeah, he may be old. But at the end of the day, he deserves his fair shot, and I feel like he's really fighting for us. He's fighting for everyone, and I feel like we should give him a fair shot. Age doesn't mean nothing. He's still kicking now. Trump had these four years, and Bernie's still up. He's still fighting for us. He's still, he's still around. I feel like we should give him a shot. We should vote for Bernie. And then a lot of people are like, you know what's crazy? I feel like Bernie could make real change. People didn't expect Trump to make real change, but Trump made change. Even though it's for the worst, he made change. He got, he had his stance on Mexicans. He got Mexicans deported, which I'm not for. He also got a couple of Haitian people um, deported and he's building a wall. We thought he couldn't do those things and he's doing it. So why not just give Bernie that same leeway? We don't think Bernie can make college free. Let's let him make college free. Let's give him the chance to do these things that he want to do. Like, why are we stopping him from creating this great change? Like, let's let somebody come in and do positive things. Let's let Bernie do things that Obama couldn't do because I feel like as Bernie being a white man, he has more privilege than Obama. Bernie can actually get stuff done. And that's what I want to see done. So my vote is definitely going to Bernie or Cory Booker, either one that gets the seat, I'm voting for Bernie. Then, there's two candidates that people think that I should like because, oh, I'm black and I'm young, I should like Kamala Harris. 
but I actually don't like Kamala Harris. Like, I feel like you need to learn about these people in their priors. That's the reason why I don't like, I don't like Joe Biden and I don't like Kamala Harris because I learned about things that they done prior. Kamala, she was locking up black men because she believed in this three strike rule and you're out. And I respect that. I respect that she stuck to her guns, but at the end of the day, the law isn't so cutthroat. It isn't so black and white. At the end of the day, you don't know what's going on with people just to say, oh, I'm going to lock you up three strikes. And that's why I'm just not voting for her. It just wasn't appealing to me. And now I feel like she's trying to come with the, oh, I'm black. Y'all should vote for me. My sisters, my brothers. No. You did what you did, and I'm not voting for you. I'm sorry. And Joe Biden, he wants you to remember his Obama phase and how he was Obama's vice president. But no, you had a history of racist remarks and sexist remarks before Obama. And I remember that too, sir. So I won't be voting for you either. My vote will be going to Cory Booker or Bernie Sanders because Bernie deserves it and it's about damn time. So for all of you that's listening, that was Political Poison. And I need you guys to stay woke, pay attention to these debates, and please vote. Voting is important. Please vote 2020. Be a part of the election. Be a part of the change. And let's kick Asian Orange out of here, okay? Guys, my next segment is called You Won't Believe This. Basically, You Won't Believe This is where we talk about things that's going on in pop culture that's just outrageous and outlandish and things that you just won't believe. Self-explanatory. So my first topic is about Jay-Z signing this NFL deal. So basically, Jay-Z made a major deal with Roger, Roger Goodell, who's in charge of the NFL. So basically, Jay-Z and his artists will now be performing for the NFL and they also will be in charge of how the NFL reacts to the community and how they handle problems such as like police brutality and basically how the treatment of black players are and stuff like that. And to me, I feel like this is hypocritical on Jay-Z part because he was just pressuring the black community and the music community to stop supporting the NFL. He was just saying in his songs, NFL, you need me, I don't need you. He just denied performing at the Super Bowl, allegedly. So my thing is now, why are you deciding to be in business with the NFL? Like, you were doing more impactfulness against them. And my thing is also, Jay-Z, with is hypocritical on Jay-Z's part is that he convinced super producer Jermaine Dupri not to take the same deal. So you told Jermaine not to get this bag, not to make this money, because... It'll look bad on him, and it's against the black community. But yet, you yourself take the deal, which makes me think, it makes me question Jay-Z's motives. Because at the end of the day, they're still supporting people. They're still supporting police brutality. Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. And on my part, it just, on his part, it looks at, I look at Jay-Z like, this is coonery, this is buffoonery, and this is you just being selfish. Like, this is you be showing your true colors and that all you are at the end of the day is a capitalist and that you don't really care for the black community. In my eyes, you should be supporting the people who have supported you since day one. Like, the people who bought your albums, the people who bought your clothing line, and the people who supported Rock Nation and Rockway and all these endeavors that you have are black people. We're the same people that supported... You, why are you not supporting us? At the end of the day, when you made it to your level, the level that Jay-Z is on, he's a millionaire now. 
Now you don't even have to do things for money. You should do things for the consci- consciousness of it all. Like you should, you're, Jay-Z needs to be at the point to where integrity means more than money. Like at the point you showing that you don't have any integrity, you don't have a backbone. Like even in his, his press conference with Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell was just laughing at him because he's making you look like a clown. Like you're the figurehead. Like he doesn't. It's clear that he doesn't respect you. And then what took me, what took me back by hearing this was Jay Z said, "Enough of kneeling." Kneeling was cool. Like he basically said, "Enough of kneeling." Now it's time for action. But at the end of the day, kneeling was action. It got the people's attention, and Colin Kaepernick is still fighting this good fight. Like. Basically, what Jay-Z did was, like, shit on all this work that this man was putting in for years. Like, it's been years now since he's been unemployed. And in my opinion, it was the wrong move for Jay-Z to make. What Jay-Z should have did was invest in a team and get this man playing again. Like, you are a figure. Jay-Z, now I just don't think Jay-Z don't understand what he means to the black community. Like, and Jay-Z is one of one of the people in the black community, one of the few people in the black community who has moved up and he represents black excellence. So you doing this deal is not beneficial for the black community. It's only beneficial for you and Roger Goodell because now it makes it look like, oh, we support black people. We care about black rights. We care about police brutality. Look at Jay-Z. He signed with us. And it looks like a business move on your part because now you made a million dollar deal your artists are going to perform at the NFL halftime show. Your music is going to be premiered in the NFL's games and Madden and everything like that. But is that enough to, like, like sacrifice? Basically, I feel like he what he's doing is just, like, shitting on the black community. And at some point, we got to stand up for ourselves and we got to not support Jay-Z. And it's sad to say because Jay-Z is one of my favorite rappers of all times. If you ask me to name a top 50, Jay-Z is number one, only challenged by Biggie. And I just think that enough is enough with this Jay-Z. And before the Beehive start acting crazy, I just want to say Beyonce is separate from Jay-Z in this occasion. Beyonce is her own person, and she has nothing to do with this. I still love Beyonce. Beehive, don't send me death threats. And that's just it. I feel like Jay-Z, he took a hit on this one. And I feel like he even went as far as I feel like Jay-Z know he did wrong in this occasion because he even went on and said that he spoke with Colin Kaepernick and Nessa from Hot 97 even said that like which is his which is Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend she said that Jay-Z never spoke to Cap she's saying that they never had a conversation they never spoke about the deal and that basically Jay-Z is just trying to use him to say oh we spoke about this and all reality they didn't so to the NFL, we still don't forget what's going on. And we still see how you're treating your black players. And to Jay-Z, you just got to do better. And to Colin Kaepernick, we here. We still support you. And we support you in your fight because he's really fighting for us. He's fighting for police brutality. And he's trying to make America a better place. And for that, I can support you. And we're still behind you. Ten toes down. So my next topic in my You Won't Believe This section of my show is Malik Yoba announces his love for trans women. So personally, I don't seem like it, I don't feel like there's nothing wrong with him loving trans women. At the end of the day, 
As an individual, I don't care what other individuals do with their love life. I don't care if you're gay, straight, bi. You can do what you want. It's your life, and you can live your life how you want to. At the end of the day, he didn't say that he loves trans women only. He said he loves all women, including trans women. And trans women are women. Like, he got so much backlash from, like, heterosexual women. And I just hated seeing that. Like, let this man live his life. And I commend him for coming out and normalizing trans, like, trans love. Like, at the end of the day, trans people are people. I have a trans sibling. My sister is transitioning into becoming a man. And I just feel like we as people need to do better at understanding them and getting to know, like, what's going on. And my only thing with this whole situation is I was I wish Malik Yoba, as an A-list black actor, I wish he would have came out earlier in his career and said that he loves trans women. Because I feel like if he would have came out earlier on in his career, it would have been normalized by now. And it would have been okay. I feel like, why wait till you're 50 years old, 60 years old to say this? Like, Because this is not new to you, apparently. You should have came out because then maybe you would have had other people not fearful of coming out. Like, we live in 2019, and I'm just tired of people feeling like they have to hide their sexuality or hide who you love. At the end of the day, just be free, be who you are, and everybody else needs to be less judgmental and let people love who they want to love, okay? You do you, and enjoy. So my final topic is about Nicki Minaj. She has announced on Twitter that she was retiring, or so we thought. She said that she's actually done with music and she just wants to raise a family and have kids. And I'm not gonna lie, it made me sad because I actually grew up on Nicki Minaj. Like, Nicki Minaj would be my artist because when I was younger and I was in junior high school, I got introduced to Nicki Minaj from her song Go Hard and her mixtape Playtime is Over. And I was only about in sixth or seventh grade and I used to always rap that song at the lunchroom and everybody at the cafeteria. Everybody used to ask me like Native Indian Machines, rap that song you heard about, rap that song you heard about. And it was before she was the Nicki Minaj that we know today. And basically she's been in this hip hop game running it strong for 13 years. So in, in my high school career, I remember when I was in high school, I remember my ninth grade year, she came out with um, Pink Friday. And she had songs like Roman's Revenge, Your Love, and that really stapled her after her two mixtapes that did over a million dollars. That that first debut album, it was just so strong. And I just knew that Nicki Minaj was going to be in hip hop forever. And... She, like, she was just, like, she was real. One thing about Nicki Minaj, love her or hate her, is the girl can really rap. She's really lyrical. She's really smart. She's multi-talented. She's also an actress. She went to LaGuardia for acting. And she's about her business. Nicki Minaj is one of the few rappers in general to actually have businesses outside of rap. She had her fashion line in Kmart. She also had her perfume in Macy's. Like, it wasn't... I don't feel like any female did it as big as she did it. Like, with the exception of outside of rap, I feel like Queen Latifah actually did her thing inside of the acting lane. And I feel like Little Kim did her thing in the rap lane. But I feel like Nicki, she she capitalized on it. And 
she made her money. She made multiple bags in each area. And then another thing I feel like is Nicki Minaj, although I'm sad to see her go, she really inspired a new generation of female rappers to really go out here and be lyrical and be like as hard as the males. She inspired a couple of female rappers that I do like today, like my girl Asian Doll. I love Asian Doll and she has this dope intro, her Doll Season intro where she credited Nicki Minaj. And I actually might play that at the end of my show. I also, she also inspired girls like Megan Thee Stallion, who's also, she's very lyrical. She's about her, about her bag. And she, like, Megan Thee Stallion is just, like, hard. She's lyrical, she's tough, is gritty, is real rap. And she also inspired girls like Sweetie, who's, like, she has the catchy hooks. And she's inspired girls like Cash Doll, who has that swag. Like, I feel like Nicki Minaj, she ushered in this new age of, fierce female rap where you don't need to have a man to hold you down you could do your own thing and that's what i feel like that's what i love about Nicki minaj and i've i honestly feel like she shouldn't retire i feel like she still has maybe one or two albums left in her and i feel like even after her albums she could just release a song here and there like i loved a freestyle from Nicki minaj is dope like i love to hear when she gets on new rappers tracks and she puts her own flair to it because to be real, rap isn't lyrical anymore, and I feel like Nicki is still lyrical, like, and just to follow up on her tweet of her saying that she retired, she also tweeted again, and she said, I'm still here, I'm still right here, I'm still madly in love with you guys, talking about her fans, you know that, and in hindsight, this should have been discussed on Queen Radio, and it will be, I promise you guys. I promise you guys will be happy. No guests, just us. We're going to talk about everything. The tweet was abrupt and insensitive, and I apologize, babe. So clearly she's going to address this on her um, Queen Radio talk show, and I don't feel like it's the end of this era. I feel like Nicki just, she's just like, she's Jay-Z in us. She's about to just stop and hit us with the blueprint. Like, I feel like Nicki has something up her sleeve. And even on her um, podcast, I mean, even on the Joe Budden podcast, she said that the fifth album is done and that she has more material. So I, what I believe is Nicki Minaj is going to release this album. She's going to chill. She's going to go have her babies and have her family. And I feel like that's what she deserves. She deserves to have her family. She deserves to get everything. She's worked her butt off for 13 years. So as a fan, I'm, of course, I'm sad, but I have to be happy for her because I want her to get everything that she has like coming towards her. Alright guys, so this is the end of my show And every week we do an MVP of the week And this week's MVP is Normani Formerly of Fifth Harmony Normani released her new solo single Title Motivation And she also coupled it with a 2000 inspired video In this video she gives shout outs to Beyonce Her Crazy in Love video She also has a 106 in Park moment When the younger Normani in the video is watching herself Get the number one spot on the countdown. She also killed it at the 2019 VMAs performing motivation. And to me, it was the highlight of the show. She during the summer, she was also on tour with Ariana Grande for the Thank You Next tour, where she stood out and she performed some of her singles like Slow It Down and Checklist. She was also an all-star at this this year's New York Fashion Week where she walked into the Fenty Savage Fashion Show and she walked in the Alexander Wang fashion show. She's also gaining the respect of her peers like Rihanna and Beyonce, Phoebe Rexa and Sam Smith and many more. 
So watch out for Normani because she's set to release her first debut album either late 2019 or early 2020. It's so weird to say 2020. But that's it. That's all from me today. Can't wait to hang out and chill with you guys. And I'm out. You already know.